or for someone who's like in midlife and and hasn't been able to quote unquote crack the code, you know, and they're like, I guess I might as well quit. Like I'm 54. I haven't had a relationship. Why bother? It's like, no, we're all evolving. Um, And this part of our life is not the end. It's like just the next chapter or the next book. And so really looking at, you know, what do I need to learn? What do I need to shift? Um, Because the best way to get over something or someone is not to get under someone new. It's to sort of take a, take a break, uh, you know, really like get into that new identity and then launch yourself from that new space. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Everyone, welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. Wendy Valentine here with an awesome guest. I can't wait for today's topic because I think we all need it. Uh, today's guest is Marnie Batista. What a cool name. I like the way she you say it. <laughs> yes. Thank Marnie you. Batista. She is a podcast host, dating expert, relationship coach, and founder of the Institute for Living Courageously. Love that. Marnie has cultivated a research-based, personalized, and holistic system that inspires ambitious women to shed self-imposed limitations. Oh, yeah. Nurture authenticity and live life on their terms. She is adept at identifying and resolving thought and behavior patterns that thwart success in a collection of personal and professional spaces. Marnie has been published in the LA Times and the New Yorker and featured on Dr. Phil. I want to go. (laughs) On air with Ryan Seacrest in Home and Family TV. Everyone, please welcome Marnie Batista to the show. Thank you. So tell me a little bit more about how you got into becoming a dating expert. Well, you know, they say you teach what you need to learn. So um, I got married. It seems like a different lifetime ago. Uh, When I was like 22, I was married for 17 years. We had three kids. Um, I was like 38, I think, when we got divorced. Um, Mm after 17 years. And, um, I just sort of had this moment where I was like, I have three daughters. I don't want to teach them the same Mm -hmm. patterns of behavior that I've had in my relationships. And that was kind of the motivation for me to sort of like, look at my own life and figure out what was not working for me. And as a result of those five years that I was single, um, I, 
figured it out. And then I actually wanted to write a book about dating. And um, so I, I put it all together and I sent it out. And uh, I got a lot of feedback that said, you know, you, you, a book is not a business, you know, you have to build a platform or whatever. And I was like, what's that? Is that a shoe? I don't know. Um, And, um, and then I was doing, I was, I got involved in a personal development group and I was doing a lot of coaching and facilitating. And I just had this moment in my kitchen where I was like, wait a minute, ding. This is what I'm supposed to do because I had started to figure things out. Well, yeah. I mean, really what it comes down to, like we all become our own guinea pig for life. And I, I, I have found now being 50 years young that I have discovered more about myself through my relationships where I used to be kind of like, oh my God, like almost terrified of relationships because I had so many hardships and trauma and tragedy. And now I'm like, okay, bring it on. Because the more that I experience in my relationships, the more I learn about myself and how I can be a better woman, a better mother, a better friend, a better person, and to be able to teach to others. Yeah. I think that that what happens, I see a lot, because I know you have a lot of ladies here who have gone through divorce or, or things like that kind of loss. And I think what happens is that for so many of us that go through that, it takes everything we have inside of us to like get our own life back in order and to like feel whole and to feel enough and, you know, make sure if we have kids that they're okay and, you know, feel confident and independent and all those things. And so it's really easy to kind of get stuck there um, Mm -hmm. and maybe like dabble, like kind of not take seriously dating um, yeah. find out that it wasn't as fun as you hoped it would be. And then kind of go back in a cocoon. And, um, yeah. what I really love is when somebody comes to me and they realize that everything that they had that got them healthy from the divorce or the breakup, um, isn't going to get them into the next level of their life, into the next chapter, mm-hmm. into the new relationship. Um, and That takes a lot of courage, right? To say, I'm willing to figure out how I create not only emotional safety inside me as a single woman, but how do I have it so strong that I'm actually going to now put myself back out there as as the latest and greatest version of me um, and go through the dating process. And so, you know, I always tell women like, it's not that you're broken. It's not, there's nothing's wrong with you. It's that you probably didn't realize that everything that you did to get where you are, isn't the same stuff that's going to take you to the next level. It's just like in your career, you know, the the skills that you had at 20 to get to like the, the 30, you know, the mid-level manager job are not the same skills that you need to get to the director position. And dating is the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and I've said on this show before that one of the greatest things I did was to get a divorce and marry myself. And I love that you made the point though about like, it's great to take some time out for yourself, which that takes courage also because it is so easy. And I see this all the time, my friends and family included, especially at midlife, they get a divorce and what do they do? They start going on all the dating apps. It's like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. I'm going to go find someone new. They're like, wah, 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 you know, and it's great that to have that courage to do that. So 
also even better to have the courage to take the time out for yourself, work on you, and then to have the courage to go back out, as you said, as like as your new self, because it's 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 kind of a weird feeling though, too, because as you work on your limiting beliefs and you're changing who you are, you're creating this new life for yourself. It's like woohoo. And then you step out to experiment, if you will, because you're kind of like trying yourself out, like in a new, different way. Totally. Yeah. 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 I call it like when I work with someone, I, you know, I tell them we have to create their new who, meaning like the who you are, like your new identity, basically, Um, because it has to evolve, right? Like if your identity was like, I was married um, or for someone who's like in midlife and, and hasn't been able to quote unquote, crack the code, you know? And they're like, I guess yes. I might as well quit. Like I'm 54. I haven't had a relationship. Why bother? It's like, no, yeah. we're all evolving. Um, and this part of our life is not the end. It's like just the next chapter of the next book. And so really yeah. looking at, you know, what do I need to learn? What do I need to shift? Um, because the best way to get over something or someone is not to get under someone new. It's to sort of take a, <laughs> take a break, uh, you know, really like get into that new identity and then launch yourself from that new space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was uh, as I'm thinking back of uh, back then years ago when it took a lot for me actually to get back out there and into to to see what I liked and what I didn't like, honestly, whether, yeah. you know, it, it'd be the men that I was dating and the types of relationships that I wanted. I mean, it, it, it was all new to me. And so actually dating, I, I think I went about it in a very healthy way. I was like, all right, well, let's just see how this goes. And I tried not to be too attached or I tried to pay attention to old patterns and old behaviors and, and really trying to step into the dating world as the new me. Yeah. 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 And and that's, and that's what it, that's what it takes is first of all, understanding that it is a process and an experiment and that yes. you don't know what you want or you don't want until you actually do it. You can't intellectualize that this process, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and, and also I think the other point to make is that at this age and this phase in our lives, we know what we don't want, like very yeah. clearly. And when I see people come in, they're um, very clear on what they don't want, but that is what is the driving forward energy. And that's very protective, right? Yeah. So I'm sort of like the first draft of the profile, the first whatever is very much like in reaction to all the pain. And so I'm like, let's talk about that. Let's honor that. Let's be with that. And then also like, let's have a blank slate and actually think about, forget that. But what what do you want? What do you want to create? What are your values now? What do you care about? Uh, what brings you joy? Uh, what's the mm-hmm. vision for how you want to feel in this relationship? And I think that a lot of ladies have a hard time with that, that I work with because they're almost like, well, that would be too much to ask for. Or I don't, I don't know if I could get that. Um, or I don't want yeah, people or- to think X about me, like that I have all these needs. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, let's unpack it. And that's why having support in the process, actually, as you go through each baby step forward reveals a bunch of limitations that you can kind of like weed whack on the way rather than ending up 
in something that kind of sucks. And then being like, see, I couldn't do it. This is bad. Never mind. I'll go back in my little turtle shell. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think for me, you know, it's like in the beginning, it was getting over that shame and guilt for the divorce. It was my mm-hmm. second divorce. Um, so a lot of it was the forgiveness uh, and then the permission to to step into a new life, into a new me and into a new relationship. And I love what you said about like, what are your values now? Because right. everything changes, right? And most of us, obviously, the midlife makeover show, we're here at midlife. So you're right. in your 40s, 50s, or 60s, right? So we've all experienced quite a bit at this point. And we've had, you know, children and we've had yeah. tons of different relationships and careers and lived in different places. And values change, your right. thoughts change, your beliefs change. And and it is kind of just letting go. It's like shedding of this old self. And I don't know, like really just giving yourself that permission to create someone new. Yeah. I think um, when my dad was alive, he wrote these blogs and he wrote this one. He was like in his mid seventies, I think when he wrote it. And it was basically about this idea that your life changes every five years and that that's just what happens. Mm. And um I was like, that's cute, dad, that you think that, you know, anyway, so he passed away in 2019 and when I, and I'm 57. And so I'm like, well, hell he was right. Holy crap. Like your (laughs) life, like on this day, if you literally look five years later, like it's changed a lot. And I think that we still have the belief that the idea of what our life was going to look like was just going to be a straight path. But that mm-hmm. rarely happens, right? The universe sort of like yeah. throws things our way. And so if if we can, part of that permission is saying, you know, I didn't expect to be divorced twice. I didn't expect to be a widow, you know, at 45. I didn't expect, that wasn't in my plan. Yeah. And once you jump into this five-year theory, you're like, okay, well, what if my life five years from now could be like beyond what I could imagine? What if it's beyond this safe, comfortable yeah. routine in my metaphorical or literal cozy condo? Um, would would I be willing to be courageous and take those steps if I knew that five years from now it would be like more than or better than I could have even imagined? Um, yes. People would yep. say yes, right? And I'm like, okay, well, that means you start today. You don't, you don't wait till four years, nine months and be like, I guess I'm ready to date because five years of your life were spent settling for the backup life. And that's not the way we want to live our lives. Most women. Yeah. I read that somewhere. I don't know if it was on your website or something about the backup life. I was like, yeah, that. (laughs) Yeah. Because that, and it's not, you know, it's in all areas of our life, not just dating and relationship. It's about losing weight. It's about moving somewhere else. It's about, you know, like, what you and I did, yeah. like living in an RV and like going for <laughs> it, right? Um, it's like, I think that so many women, especially busy, ambitious, successful women who take care of a lot of people personally and professionally mm-hmm. um, are living the backup life, like intentionally or unintentionally. Yep. They're like waiting for their actual life to start. You know, when mm-hmm. I retire, when my kids grow up, when my parents die, when my... 
I have a, my my cousin who's like a sister to me, and I'll say this publicly because I've said it to her in private. And she's sixty five. She's going to be sixty five. Um, and her bless her, her mom is alive. She's like going to be ninety nine in January. And, wow. And there's some things that my my uh, cousin is like not doing right because she doesn't want to not see her mom every day. You know, go visit her. Mm. Uh, and I was like, honey. Your mom is literally gonna live forever. I swear to God, this woman is like insane. Like, I'm like, you're gonna be 70. Are you like, what are you waiting for? To have yes, 10, maybe exactly. to have 10 oh. years, like, or 15, you know? And mm-hmm. and um, and I love her, and I've said that to her, and and so happy she's going on a big trip to Africa and doing some really cool stuff. But I I was like, you can't keep waiting for like other no. people. To like not need you anymore to live your right. life. Um, exactly. It's just an excuse if I'm, you know, yep. going to be who I am with my pointy boots and kick your ass. It kind of becomes an excuse. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I must say that's like my my biggest pet peeve is people that don't actually like go after life. Like that they don't, they almost like take life for granted. And it's like my ex-husband died at the age of 26. My brother died at the age of 49. Like. You don't know when you're going to take your last breath. Like, quit effing around. Like, it just bothers the crap out of me. Like, go, go, go. And I want to, I want to go back to what you were saying before about kind of evolving and yeah. like that every five year thing. And it made me think about there's a quote from Lao Tzu, I think, where he says, What the caterpillar calls the end, the butterfly calls the beginning. Yeah. Yes. And so I think a lot of times, especially like we get to this point in life in your 40s and 50s, if you've got a relationship that's coming to an end, the birdies are leaving the nest. You're like, shit, like it's all coming to an end. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is just the beginning. It's another beginning. And I I look back at my life at all the endings and the beginnings and it's so crazy. Like I could not have created anything. Like it's just, it's wild to look back and go, wow, how did that end up like this? Like, and and sometimes like I'll make a plan for something and something completely changes and it turns out even better. I'm like, totally. okay, cool. So yeah, I think, you know, it's, it is that permission to, to grow and to evolve and to change and transform and, and, and to take back that control in your life and, and for that freedom to be you. Yeah, you know, um, there's this song, and I can't remember who it's by. It's an oldie, definitely a goodie. Um, but there's a, it's about um, closing time is the name of it, right? And it's written, oh, yeah. yeah, right. And you know, the the song is in, it literally about like closing time at a bar, right? And um, so I've been doing these experiments to kind of figure out what blows my hair back and where we want to live and all these things. And so we rented a house in Colorado, like in town, uh, and our lease was up, and we're like, okay, we need to experiment what. Feels like to live out of town, uh, like 10 or 15 minutes, right? And I was like very sad. I was like, oh, I'm so tired of moving. I had a moment, right? Like, what? What did I do? Why did I, you know, why did I do this? And then that song came to my mind, and there's a line, and it says what you just Mm. articulated is that every new beginning is some other new beginning's end. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. And I was like, I was like, wait. I said to my husband, remember when we were like, pulling up to this house. It was March. It was rain. It was snowy. We were like, whoa, we just moved to Colorado in March. Um, 
I said, that was our new beginning. And now this one is ending and there's going to be another new beginning. And I think that everything in our, if we start to look at that as our evolution rather, and that's natural, Mm -hmm. right? I think we forget that that's actually natural. Um, For me, you know, Wendy, like I had a moment we're living in LA. My husband wanted to move. I was like, I don't want to sell the house. I don't want to leave. My kids left the nest, all that kind of stuff. And I was sitting in my office. I just redecorated it. I loved it. Um, and I looked out my window and my mom had passed away and I hired this medium who said that my mom was going to come and talk to me Mm. in like butterflies and birds. And so I'm sitting in my office. I see this butterfly and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, I'm at the time like 55. I'm like, if I had nine years to live, like if I could know, because my mom died at 64, uh, would I want to spend it sitting here in my house where I raised my kids waiting for them to come visit me when they're doing their life to just come back? Right. And I looked around, I had all the photos of the wall from when they're kids and, you know, the Mm. scrapbooks and memories of them like doing laughs, you know, and their little, you know, little trikes and stuff. Um, and it just hit me and I was like, I can't sit here. I I have to, my daughter, my oldest daughter said, you know, mom, I support you leaving. This house is just like an emotional museum. We come back and we visit our memories. Like we visit you, but we visit our memories. And she's like, and you don't need to keep the museum open, you know? And is that I mean our kids can be they're so smart. They're so, <laughs> so wise. Right? So wise. And I was and that really hit me. I was like, you're right. And I wanted to stay in the museum. I was like, I love the museum. We like let's go to the toddler room. Let's go to the teenager <laughs> room. You know, and I and yeah, I, I um you know it, it's interesting. Yeah, it, I'm so glad that you said that. And there's been a lot of things on my mind lately and the, there's two words that have been popping up in my mind and it, it, it's let, let go. And I, I feel like in life, there's just this constant of letting go. You, you have to, cause if you keep clinging, like you, you can't, it's too stressful to cling to something. You have to just keep letting go and, and moving on and moving forward. I mean, it's like, we're, we're these creatures of habit. We like to stay in our little comfy zone. That's great. But we're, but we're also creatures of change and we're supposed to be changing. We're supposed to be evolving. And, and it's so, what I have found that is so fascinating and I love that you RV, you know, for a year, but it's just what you come across as you put yourself out there more in the world and you let go. Once you let go, it's like, there's more that just comes in on along your path and it's just fascinating the people that you meet and what you experience and what you feel and that's like the richness of it 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 is and i um so two things one is that when i um first started this whole process i i really got clear on creating a process of designing mm-hmm. a life that you don't want to like retire from right like a life that you love mm-hmm. so much that you know it blows your hair back <laughs> Um, yeah. and so I, I started it and I, there I was in my little house in LA, my little life that I had. And I do this exercise with clients where we figure out like what we love, um, how we best like to carry that out and our core motivations. And I did that and I have my little list and it's in my little journal. Anyway, 
So here we are, that was like in 2020. Here we are almost, you know, four years later and I'm redoing this process. It's in my book that I'm writing. And so I'm like, I'm doing it again. Um, and I sat down to do the what, the why and the how. And the list is like this, it's like massive, right? Because I didn't know part, I didn't know what, only this much, right? But yeah. as I expanded my life, my what has grown. My core motivations yeah. have grown. How I like to do things mm-hmm. has grown. And I think that, you know, we forget in our midlife that we have the capacity to grow and expand just like we did when we were in adolescence, just like when yeah. we were in our twenties, you know, going to college. And, and, and it's like a, it's like a limiting belief that all that happens in midlife for women is, you know, our hormones change. We get a mid, you know, a midlife belly and our hair <laughs> falls out. Like that's the only conversation. Right. And it's like, no, we, we, no, uh, we, I know. it's not like, you know, the universe is like, uh, it's closing time, but like, literally like you're done. Um, and so yeah. I just really invite people who are listening, um, to, to really think about that clinging because in doing research about fall, because yesterday it was fall, today's winter, but yesterday it was fall. Um, and I was looking at the leaves. They've been beautiful in Colorado. And I didn't realize this, but the leaves have to literally like kick, the trees have to kick the leaves off a tree. Because if the, the leaves are there, the tree cannot sustain what it needs to in the winter, right? It will literally kill itself, mm-hmm. right? It, it can't, it can't mm-hmm. be there for all the leaves. And we look at fall and we look at the changing and the transformation. We're like, oh, that's so beautiful. And we, the, the leaves like flow gently to the ground and they're so beautiful. And if we could just see that our change and our transformation is that, right? The, the, that part of our life literally is like shaking us off. When things end, yes. our kids go, the marriage ends, the, we lose the friend, the family member. The universe is like, okay, shake, shake it off. Taylor Swift, you know, like, yep. like be in your winter, right? Be in your winter, yes. be introspective. Yeah. We are in alignment and in flow with nature and your spring will come plant those seeds because you can yep. expand and you can blossom. And that's my rant, but I just feel so, so, so powerful um, when you realize that if you let go, then what needs to come can come. Yes, totally. And uh, I'll give another analogy and going back to the butterfly. Butterflies. (laughs) Yes, butterflies to your mom. Yeah. So it was just like the same thing with the butterfly having to break free from the cocoon. It has to struggle. It literally is like trying to pump the blood into its wings. It has to struggle to break free. And if it doesn't, like if you were to just cut the top of the cocoon off and the butterfly were to fall out, the butterfly would be deformed and it wouldn't survive. So part of the whole beautiful process is the struggle, like embrace the struggle. I know it sucks. Like I went through it and I'll continue to go through more struggles. And it's like, it's totally okay. Like you're gonna fly again. You'll be okay. And it's just, gosh, the, and as you look back at life, it's the whole process is also perfect. Right. So the thing is, how can we end the struggle? have self-compassion, hold our yeah. feelings, not be mad at ourselves for feeling the way we feel, um, 
to allow, to surrender, to listen to the stillness inside of us that has all the wisdom, um, to maintain mm. a sense of wonder about it. Uh, like, it's like, how are we going to go through our life and we can struggle um, gracefully yep. or we can mm. struggle in resistance? Yep. Um, yep. And exactly. I've done both. I'm getting better and better at struggling in grace. And being like, whoa, you know, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't yeah, me too. I would trade it. It's I would like, trade it. Yeah, it's it's a work in progress, right? Yeah. You don't like just arrive, like, okay, I'm good to go. I've got it all freaking figured out. Like, I've arrived at Nirvana. Like, not gonna fucking happen. No. It's like being in the RV, right? Like yeah. It's funny because when, when we first did the RV, people were like, oh, I've always wanted freedom that you can just go wherever you want. And then I was like, so actually you're not free. You have a giant or mid-sized or small <laughs> vehicle that carries all of your belongings. Um, it takes <laughs> seven to 10 hours to go be free. There might yeah. not be a space to park. Um, there's weather, hurricanes. <laughs> Anyway, it's just really funny. And then you right? got to dump the dumper, you, you know? You got to dump like... the dumper, you know? You're like, <laughs> can I take a shit? Can I not? Like, um, so I just think that, but that really, when I was on the RV, I was like, this is really like the best because it's like, yeah. the journey literally is as important as the destination. The struggle along yeah. the way, what happens on the road, the the memories you make, that being in the clubhouse yeah. because you can't get internet, like, you know, that's teaching you resiliency and flexibility and adaptability. And you can't sit in your house and go like, okay, yep. today I'm going to learn about resourcefulness. Today I'm going to learn to be more flexible. Yep. It won't happen. So like yep. freaking get on the freaking road. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. I can relate to all of that stuff. And I always think of like the best way to like really test a relationship is to be in an RV together. Oh, like wow. if you can be in 150 square feet and still like each other, <laughs> that says a lot. It should be a prerequisite to marriage. Like? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, actually when my husband and I did it, like he was, I thought it was going to like, well, we, we tested it out. We, we traveled for like a couple of months here and there and it was fine. Mm. And then we got on the road and he was just like a giant bag of nerves and it was really stressful. And so at the end, that's part of where we stopped. I was like, this is not helping our relationship. Like it's just, it was super fun. And I actually kind of miss it sometimes, but um, yeah. Right. Like it's, but it teaches yeah. you how to handle adversity. And if you can't learn from it, it's, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna struggle. So, um, you know, I love that you said that because here you are, you're, you're a dating relationship expert and you're still tested. You're still trying to improve and go through shit. Like, Again, you don't arrive and then you're good to go and you're done. And a lot of people will think that about me. Like, oh, wait, you're just so happy all the time. And blah. I'm like, holy crap. No, I was just bawling like an hour ago. <laughs> no, it's just but you. The more that you learn, it does become a little bit easier. Like I'm actually going through something right now in my life that is like just awful. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to go through this with grace. Right. I'm going to struggle with grace. I'm going to to try to be as mindful as I can through it and being conscious and like, okay, let's 
apply some of these newer things that I know that actually work in my mind and my body and my spirit and take extra good care of myself instead of abandoning myself as I used to do when I would go through shit in my yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And I, mm-hmm. I, I believe that that's why I'm saying like everyone is going to struggle like it's yeah. just being human. And, um, yep. and I think that, yeah, that we're in a really um, new time, right? Like we're all we're all pioneers of a new society with social media and so many other yeah. things, and and so we, we're learning how to be in that, you know. And it can yeah. be hard because you're looking around and it looks like everyone is, you know, easy peasy <laughs> lemon squeezy, and um, it's not. And so, yeah. so going back to what you said before at the very beginning, which is then well, so. How do you decide you want to like freaking even roll yourself up in a cocoon? How do you decide like I'm willing to to get on the road? And I think or date is that Mm -hmm. creating that internal foundation where your house is built on a really strong foundation so that everything in your home inside of you is um, not not perfect, not consistent but unwavering and that, you know, that you can always go back there and find yourself that, but then when you build the house on that, even if sometimes, you know, the window gets a crack in it or the, you need a new roof or whatever happens, you're like, okay, but I have this foundation. So that's really the time is to invest in that, that, that place so that you can have the internal security and find your home inside yourself so that you can go expand and be a butterfly and it all over. Yeah. So yes, very good point. And I was going to say too, kind of going back to this whole thing started about dating and some people might be listening going, what does this have to do about dating? You have to do about dating, like, right? It's all, it starts with the foundation. And if you want to have a good, successful relationship and a fun, enjoyable second half of life, you got to build that good foundation. And it's a perfect time to do it. I mean, that's one thing I love personally about having the empty nest is that I don't have to be there to make school lunches and and helping with homework and doing all this yeah. other stuff and doing extra like five tons of laundry. Like I don't have to do that anymore. Like, and for me, I realized coming out of the divorce, I was like, you know what, damn it. I'm going to give myself the gift of spending time with me. And figuring this shit out once and for all. And so that I can live the rest of my life in peace and harmony and doing things the way I want to do them. Yeah, I I think that's really true. Because dating is just like another adventure. It's just like another road trip. It's just like, you know, and so, and so the backup life is, is just waiting till sometime, sometime to start living your life. And when you're ready, when you lose weight, when, you know, da, 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 da. And, um, so, so do the, do what you need to do. And that's, and people come to me and they're like, well, I don't even know if I'm ready to date yet. And I'm like, well, you, yeah, we're not going to date yet. <laughs> First, we're going to yeah. like get ready. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, clearly you're not ready to date yet. Cause here's your situation. Um, right. Yes. Um, and so, you know, like the most important thing to think about is that um, 
if you don't take the risk, you know, one thing will be for sure. And that is that you will still stay the same and nothing will happen. And uh, I interviewed this rabbi who wrote this book about the end of life. He was like, I've been the the deathbeds of a thousand people. And um, he wrote this book about like what the lessons that he learned from that experience. Mm -hmm. And the thing that he said, which I will remember forever, uh, he said, you know, what I learned from all these people is that you want to live life like you are running the bases, like you hit the home run. And you mm-hmm. are running and you're like slide into that casket like it's home base. And you might yeah. be battered <laughs> and bruised and scarred. Yes. Right. Yep. But like that's amazing because that means you freaking lived, right? And yep. here we are, we're like, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to fall down. I don't want to make a mistake. And I was like, you know what? That's me. I'm sliding in that shit. I don't know if it's tomorrow or 50 years from now. <laughs> yeah. But like, I will be battered and I will be bruised because I will have lived. And you, everyone who's listening gets to make a choice and it does take courage. Um, And you're totally capable. Yep. Yeah. And the only thing that is standing in your way of living the life that you want is you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And people blame everything. Yep giving yourself that permission to live and to live fully. And yes, I love that whole, cause there's that also that quote, a friend gave it to me. Like there was like a little bag and it had the quote on it. And it said about like sliding into, into your grave, like with a, you know, a, um, what is a bottle of wine in one hand and a thing of chocolate in the other or something like that. And so I was like, that's totally me. And even though too, I've, I've been thinking about this also lately, lots of things on my mind lately, but, um, that, what was I going to say? <laughs> Chocolate bag. As you you put yourself out there in the world and you really live courageously, you're going to absorb more. You're going to experience more tragedies and traumas sometimes because of that. I mean, there is that there, it's called the comfort zone for a reason, right? And you want to stay there because you want to protect yourself. But that as you put yourself out there, yes, you can experience more crap, but the joy that you experience out of just living your life your way and in freedom, that's so freaking worth it. Yeah. And having a relationship takes courage. It takes practice. And you said, I love being in a relationship. You know, my relationships are like mirrors and some people don't want the mirror. Right. But, um, I think (laughs) it's kind of, I mean, sometimes I'm like, are you kidding me? But other times I'm like, wow, I'm really becoming more of who I really need to be and healing those things. And for sure, when I was with my husband in the road for 10 months, I like it was right here and I like got to heal a lot of stuff. It was like freaking, you know, like advanced PhD in a year. Um, And so that and so it was amazing for that. Totally amazing. Yeah, definitely a a mirror, a magnifying lens. (laughs) Really looking into the deeper aspects of yourself, right? So, so tell me about your your course. What 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 all do you offer? Do you coaching all that good? Yeah. Stuff? So I, it's funny in my evolution. So I have this like a big business and I had coaches and all those things. And when I moved and I lived in the RV and I started to really think about what do I really want? What's the lifestyle that I want? Mm. What do I love? I was like, I realized I was building a business that I thought was the thing that you do in this industry. Like I just looked at all the people who made a lot of money and I was like, well, I guess that's the goal. I didn't really think about it. Um, 
And so in really getting more clarity over the last uh, six or seven months, I was like, I'm starting to not like my business. It was like a bad boyfriend. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> it's time for you to go. Uh, and so uh, I broke up with my business and um, I'm really, really excited because in that I'm back yeah. working with clients one-on-one and in a really small group and it's simple. Oh, nice. And so, yeah. Yeah. And um, so I have this book coming out in 2025. It's funny because when I sold it, it was the end of 2023. And that seemed like so long, you know, to wait. Um, but I've spent this year writing the book, testing out all the concepts in the book. Um, it's going to go to the publisher in a couple of months. And so I have a course um, for really ambitious, amazing women about how to design uh, the next chapter of their life. Um, and it's about seven questions that will change your life so that you can design a life that's meaningful to you on your terms. So right now I have, I'm helping women do that. I have another set of women that are coming to me to, um, do the dating piece, um, and do a one-on-one coaching and in the group in that. And that's like my sweet spot because it, they meld, they like, they actually meld really beautifully together. Um, and so that's what I'm doing. So I have one-on-one coaching and I have a, a community that I have of women who are wanting to take those directions. Isn't that fascinating though? When you stop and you kind of take a look at everything, like, is this really making me happy? Is this what I want? And and just saying goodbye to things that are not working. It might work at one point and it's, it's not it, working yeah. now. And it's totally freaking okay. You did the whole five-year renewal for <laughs> I did do the five years. I know. And I was like, dad, damn, you were so right. Um, Yeah. And it's funny, like, because my pattern. So in writing the book, I got really clear, like, on what is the, um, you know, any book, whether it's a self-help book or a memoir or a novel, right? The the main character has to change, right? And where did the, where did their... um, you know, their, their main problem start that gets solved mm-hmm. in the story. Right. And so I, I was like, well, my main problem was that I believe that it's my job to make everybody else happy. Uh, because mm-hmm. I grew up yeah. in a small town. It was like, I didn't have a super dysfunctional family or anything, but my parents would argue and my parents would say certain things. And that's where I learned to be this referee. Um, And so I got really great at it. It's like my superpower, right? Is I create possibility. Um, And for good, I create possibilities with clients. But when it's in my dark side or my shadow side, right? I will create possibility when you don't even want possibility. Um, It's not in my best interest to create possibility for you. And so in my business, which I love, but I, I realized I was like, wow, I'm caring more about the people on my team and making sure that they're happy and they have like these amazing paychecks and mm-hmm. their models for their families. And I was putting, doing all that and making that more important than what I wanted. I yes. just stopped even asking, yep. right? And so, or my husband in the RV, you know, like, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Like, are you happy? Are you happy? Does this make you happy? Um, and so in the, in the RV, that's where I, I learned. I'm like, I'm, I'm retiring. I am retiring from the job of like people pleaser, happiness maker. Yep. Um, and so that, and I was like, I gotta do it. So, so I like fired my team, you know, I was just like, yeah. I'm not doing it anymore. Husband, shape up, ship out, whatever. But I'm not taking on the responsibility of your happiness anymore. Um, uh-uh. and, I'm so, and I'm, and now I'm just in charge of me, which is, freaking amazing because (laughs) before I did, I had kids for eight, you know, well, between all three of them, it was probably like 28. Is that right? 
18. I know, right? That's not crazy. 25 years. <laughs> I was like very, very good at making them very happy. Uh, and it's so yeah. more interesting that, yeah. So like today's episode that came out on the show is about people pleasing and perfectionism, codependency, all somewhat connected. Right. And I could totally relate with what the guest was talking about. I was like, oh my God, that is so me. And I had a little light bulb moment as we were chatting. And I was like, you know, it wasn't like for me, I was abandoned so many times throughout my life. And then I realized though, especially like even after my divorce, I was like, Wendy, you're abandoning yourself. That's what it comes down to when you're like constantly trying to people please and let's make this person happy. Let's make them. But what about, why aren't you making yourself happy? You're really abandoning yourself. And that's, I was like, oh my gosh, what have I been doing? But at any moment, the beauty of being a human being is at any moment you can change it. And I just think yeah. it's so freaking cool. Like one thing that I love seeing is like a great comeback. Like seeing that butterfly bust through the cocoon, like, yes, like go, 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 go. And I just think it's so fascinating how resilient we are as human beings and that we can just do whatever we want to do. We do. If we make the choice and we take action, yeah. action and we commit, you know, commit to living yep. our, our life from our deepest part of ourself so that, you know, yeah. at the end, when we slide into the, to the casket, we're like, wow, I just left a Jackson Pollock on the world of my soul <laughs> imprinted all over the place. You know, some of it's messy, whatevs, you know, and yes. to me, that to me, that's, um, that's that meaningful life, right? Living, living by that, that standard. Yeah. I know I was, I, I, sometimes it sounds crazy, but sometimes I think about like, okay, okay, when people are at my, at my celebration of life, like I want them to be thinking, not that I can control what they're thinking, but I want them to people that really know me like, damn, she lived like she really freaking lived her life. And you, yeah, I would. Yeah. And it's like, I want to feel like that when I get to the end of my life. Like, did I love, did I laugh? Did I love, did I live, love, laugh? There you go. Yeah, And I want to say yes, like hell yes. At every single one of, you know, answer that to every single one of those questions mm-hmm. because yeah, life is short. It's just not I, worth, not I worth the that. backup life plan. It's Ooh. not worth the backup. Of, I, I did a video <laughs> the other day um, and someone wrote me, a bunch of people actually wrote me and they said, oh my God, you nearly killed me because so this is the last thing I'll say about the backup life is um, most people, when you say like, do you want to do this coaching program? Do you want to, they're like, oh, it's not the right time. You know, it's not the right time. Really busy, mm-hmm. really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had this uh, retreat and we did an experience at a cemetery. And so it led me to make this video. And I was like, here's the thing. Imagine yeah. your funeral. Jane, mm-hmm. she was really busy. Yep. Yep. If yep. that's what you exactly. want, if that's yep. what you want, then by yep. gosh, you go for it, yeah. girl. You know, but like the day, how you live your life is how you are living your life. And unless you do something different, yeah. that will be how you live your life. Um, and no one yeah. will do it for you. And so uh, back up. I life. love this okay. conversation. Me yeah, too. I love this. You're so cool. So we you. have to meet some. Definitely. In our RVs or in Portugal. Yes, Portugal. Or- I'm coming to Madeira. Sounds fine to me. 
Thank you so much. Okay. And where can we find you? You can go to datingwithdignity.com. You can also uh, follow me on Instagram, Marnie Batista underscore. And if you'd like that video, hit me up, just say Wendy, uh, and I'll send it <laughs> over to you. You can also find me on Facebook saying, if you want the video, just message me Wendy and I'll know you're a friend of Wendy's. Thank you, Marnie. You're so Love awesome. It. It's been fun. All right. I'll, we'll both be skidding in. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Yeah. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, You can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.